This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Too many times, gentlemen, we've come on the air here on this Tuesday on the Cardinals Red Sea Report and talked about missed opportunities 48 hours earlier. Games in which the Cardinals, on paper, yes, better talent, better teams than the team that lined up from across for them. Yet, we know the game is not played on paper, and the Cardinals, once again, on the short end of a game that they should have won and very well might regret when this season is all done. Losing to the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium 20-17, to the second straight loss, B-Train, third in the last four games. And yes, this team is above 500. Yes, they are the seventh seed in the NFC, yet they could be so much better. And we all know it, and the players, coaches, they all know it as well. And that's what makes this so frustrating here in 2020 have these type of situations, Craig, where you had opportunities to win a game and you really play well for the most part, but there are a few plays here and there that really ultimately decide a game. There's always going to be that time to lament. And when you start getting into December, which is where we are now, and you start looking at playoff positioning and seeding, these are the, those are the type of games that you start to really uh, lament over and, and you really think like, man, if we'd have had that game, if we'd have had this game, we'd be in a much different situation and our playoff uh, positioning would be so much better. So I know it was a long flight home for those guys, but at the same time, they, they still have to uh, finish the season strong. They've got five games left, and they've got to make sure that, that, that they don't have that type of situation again where they walk off the field with that type of taste in their mouth. The good news here, MJ, is that the Cardinals still have everything that they want in front of them. However, that's probably for a discussion, you know, maybe later on in the show when we start looking at the Rams because what happened on Sunday just cannot afford to keep happening. That's the consistency from the first quarter to the second to the third to the fourth. It's the offense one week. It's the defense the next week. It was special teams this past Sunday. But now for two straight weeks, the offense just hasn't gotten in gear because the defense did everything it could to put the Cardinals in position to walk off the field with a W. Yeah, and, you know, we got a chance to talk to Kelvin Beachman a little bit earlier today. And and really, I think teams, uh, you know, Cliff doesn't like the word figured out. And football's about adjustments and matchups. But if you look at the Belichick tree, starting with Matt Patricia, and then you throw in Brian Flores, and then Belichick and his son Steven, um, it looks like teams are trying to keep Kyler Murray in the box. And if you look at the numbers over the last two games, only 612 yards, um, you know, total, averaging 4.5 yards uh, per play, uh, only got 38 points, where this team was averaging close to 29. So, They're going to have to figure it out. And, you know, Murray says he doesn't need to run the ball. Um, I think he does. That's part of who he is. Um, But at the same time, you know, um, 
it's a copycat league. Yeah, the Cardinals certainly need Kyler Murray to run the football because you look with Murray on this team last year, this year, they are 3-11-1 when he does not hit that magical mark of 40 rushing yards. I'm going to say it again, 3-11-1 when he doesn't rush for at least 40 yards. So, yes, Kyler Murray, you do need to run the football or at least have some semblance of a threat because teams are taking it away. So, all right. If I can't run the football and we're just not running the football overall, then, MJ, this team needs a better, consistent passing attack. And that's something that Kingsbury brought up earlier this week, that they haven't seen the explosive plays first and foremost, and then they just haven't had that rhythm as far as getting the ball uh, north and south uh, up and down the field. Well, if you want to look at splash plays, which we consider 25 yards or more, they only had two in the last two games, and those came, came in the Seattle game, Max Williams 25 and DeAndre Hopkins and give Belichick credit. I mean, he, he put Stephon Gilmore on DeAndre Hopkins, you know, and we didn't see a lot of spacing with the Cardinals wide receivers. I don't know if that was the case where Isabella was filling in for Fitz, and then you have Kirk on the outside. Again, uh, too many uh, mental errors. Uh, the penalties obviously are still an issue, but just miscues. They're not playing complimentary football, and I give the defense a lot of credit. I know, you know, Vance Joseph, it's a week-to-week proposition with the fans, but they played well enough defensively to win that football game. Cardinals did get off to a better start, and that was something that was highlighted last week. In fact, they scored on their opening drive, set up by a Marcus Golden interception, the first of his career. They actually had a lead at the end of the first quarter for the first time since week five. Could not sustain it. Fall by three, 20 to 17. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I think New England had a good plan. I think um, we had some opportunities and didn't take advantage of it, didn't have a ton of possessions. So needed to maximize the ones we did have and uh, weren't able to do that. Nine possessions, B-Train. This team only amassed 298 total yards, the second lowest total of the season. But it's not so much about the yards. It's the number of points. And it was 21 last week. It was 17 this week. Uh, I know we joke about it here on the Red Sea Report. As a defensive player, you don't like to see it. But you need to score 25, 30 points a game in order to win in the NFL here in 2020. And that's just the bottom line of, of the conversation. You, you have to be able to put up points to win. And uh, I always talk about when you go on the road, especially with a team that's coached by Bill Belichick, you need to bring your defense and you need to bring your special teams. I felt like the defense really came to play. I look at Cam Newton's stats, uh, quarterback rating of 23, I believe it was, uh, less than 100 yards passing and, and not really much on the ground as well. But the fact of the matter is special teams was, was the one area that I thought – the Cardinals really took a step back, and, and it was the wrong time because because Bill Belichick is one of those coaches where he emphasizes greatly special teams to the point where he has some starters on special teams. And I felt like uh, the kickoff return and the punt return that, that uh, really could have uh, put this team in a bind, I, I thought that they, they really lost that battle. And when you think about overcoming what had happened, uh, that was really the difference in the game. No Trent Sherfield in that matchup as well because he was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, an excellent special teams player. Would he have made a difference on that punt return, on the kickoff return? Who knows? But he certainly would have helped, and that is where this 2020 season, a lot of teams are facing this type of situation where it's the next man up. Someone always has to step up and 
take over a role or a position because a player might not be available. This team, though, we talked about it, losses to the Lions. You can mention the loss at Carolina, which was not good for anybody on that team. And then, of course, the three-point defeat to the Dolphins at State Farm Stadium. All missed opportunities. Kyler Murray asked, is there a common theme in these losses? In the games that we've lost, we've just kind of found a way to – uh, shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, you know, in, in a lot of games that we feel like we should have won, we come out and we, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot, and it's 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 not a good feeling to keep doing that over and over again. You know, we just we, we got to clean it up. You know, it's pretty obvious. I think everybody watching it sees it. Yeah, this offense. B-Train certainly needs to have a little bit more consistency and being able to move the sticks, whether that's you know a long, sustained drive or the chunk plays like we talked about earlier just right now. Just nothing really working, and maybe you got to give credit to the opponent, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, the past two weeks. Um, but still, certainly now it falls on the coaching staff to game plan against that. Yeah, you you do give a little bit of credit. Well, you give a lot of credit to Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. These are two of the best coaches that we have in the game, and they're both defensive-minded coaches, so they really want to take away your best option on offense. And and I think that along with game plan, the fact that the penalties, they kill drives, and we keep talking about that week in and week out. and and, And as Kyler said, they're definitely going to have to address that. They've got five weeks left to get this thing right and, and hopefully make a, a run to the playoffs. But if you don't get those things corrected, it's not going to even matter because you won't be in the playoffs if you continue to stall drives uh, due to penalties starting off uh, you know, with, with, with long yardage and, and, and having to try to convert. And, and so uh, a lot of these wounds are self-inflicted, and, and that's something that is correctable. But at the same time, you, you have to start seeing the results on the field. You can't just keep saying, we need to, to stop shooting ourselves in the foot and actually take your finger off the trigger. Cardinals were penalized six times for 50 yards, though two huge penalties on the rookie Isaiah Simmons, which we'll get into more in a little bit. But we talked about that rushing attack. Overall, the Cardinals with 138 yards rushing, but it was what Murray did not do. 31 yards on five carries. He talked about that because, in his words, he believes this team can run without him being effective rushing the football. I don't think I have to run for us to be successful. I don't. I mean, we, I have very. I mean, I'm very confident in our running backs. Uh, it just. It is what it is. They they choose to you know take me out of it. I got to hand the ball off. I have no. I can't control the ball after that. I got to hand the ball. Off. I've made a very clear, MJ. He has to run the football. Where do you stand on this as far as the offense right now? Now maybe that changes next year or two years down the line. But here in 2020. This offense is predicated on Kyler Murray running the football. Yeah, but also, you know, I think he's a luxury, even though he's a dual threat. I, I mean, what he's saying is, you know, teams are forcing him to hand the ball off, and uh, it's not Cliff, it's other teams that he's not going to force it. So he's in there, he's in the trenches, uh, you know, but I, I do think he needs to run. Now, I'm not saying he has to have a certain number. I know the, uh, the stats reflect when he gets over 40 yards, the team is more successful, but – um, it all starts up front, and I like the one-two punch of Kenyon Drake and, and uh, obviously Chase Evans, but he, he's part of the running game. But if he feels like there's not running lanes and, and they're stacking a line with five players, um, I don't want him running into the wall where it's not effective. So there's other options, the RPOs, the zone reads. Um, you know, I think they need to move Hopkins around a little bit. I guess that X receiver always lines up on the left side, but 
you know, they got to be more creative on offense to open up some holes and get that running game going. To that point about Hopkins, targeted seven times, five catches for 55 yards, but B-Train only one catch for eight yards in the second half, and that's a weapon that this team certainly should be able to use more often. Clearly, Belichick wanted to come in and, and take away the best option, and he felt like DeAndre Hopkins was the best option for this offense. He wanted to neutralize him. They had pretty much coverage rolled to him every time he lined up. And so that's that's been what Belichick has done for years to have the success that he's had. He takes away your best weapon and forces you to play left-handed. And when you start thinking about the run game uh, with Tyler, uh, he didn't run because that, that's not what the, the, the Patriots gave him as far as looks. They gave him the seven-man fronts a lot, which – when you see seven, then that usually spells run. And so he's going to hand the ball off, and they're going to continue to, to give you those looks because they know that, that certain fronts dictate uh, certain uh, plays that to be called. And so uh, you saw a heavy dose of that, and, and they continue to, to hand the ball off. And, and I, I believe him when he says that he doesn't have to run for the team to be successful. That's true, but that is a dynamic part of this offense. And, and when you throw that element in, then this offense becomes special. So, no, he doesn't have to do it in order to be special, in order for the team to have success. But when you do, it's an element that that most defenses cannot account for. They can't practice for it because most teams don't have a Kyler Murray on their practice squad in order to give them that look. So they're never going to be totally prepared for it. So you you do have to, to use that weapon when it's available. And we saw Lamar Jackson run to an MVP using his leg. So there, there is precedent with it, and I think for him, he's got to understand that, that his, his legs is what the, 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 the one thing that gives this team that, that element of, of uh, surprise that, that you just can't uh, coach against. And, and when he's able to, to be effective, uh, this offense looks completely different and takes off on a whole nother level. Well, I think that's a good name to bring up when you mention Lamar Jackson because, you know, everyone, you know, assumed the Ravens were going to get back to the title game or not get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously teams are defending him a lot different, and the Ravens want to make him more of a pocket passer. Murray, to me, is is the dual threat with the 4-3 speed. So they got to figure it out. But, you know, time is ticking. Here we are in December, and they still really haven't played a full four quarters of what they think offensively putting points on the board. Yeah, five games left beginning with a home contest against the Rams coming up on this Sunday. More on that in a moment. Update Bird Gang to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. When we come back, the end of the game is where a lot of people are focusing on. We will as well next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Newton. He's just going to take it. Running left, but he's got running room at the 40. Heads for the sideline. Gets drilled by Simmons on the far side of the 46. And a flag comes down. Newton got the first down, and Simmons hit him late. That's going to put the ball in Cardinal territory. Oh, my goodness. He was in bounds. He was in bounds when he got hit. 50-yard attempt to win the game for Nick Folk. Tied at 17, three seconds to go. Folk is ready. Snap. Ball is down. The kick is up. The kick is good, and the Patriots win the game 20-17. A brutal loss for the Cardinals. Zin Gonzalez misses a field goal. The Patriots make one, and they win it 20-17, and the Cardinals fall to 6-5. 
Really, really curious to get Bertram Berry's take on that late hit, supposed late hit on Isaiah Simmons. But first things first, we need to discuss how the Patriots, Nick Folk, he made his field goal. Zane Gonzalez for the Cardinals did not, and the Cardinals come up a field goal short, losing 20-17 to as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report talking about that Cardinals Week 12 defeats. As you heard Dave Pash mention, 6-5 and five is the record now, and it's a disturbing trend when you look at it, MJ, with, with regard to Gonzalez. Four of his five misses this season have come from that 40-49 to 49 range, with three of them happening in the last five games, and they've all been pressure kicks. Sunday, short on a 49-yard attempt against the Dolphins, missed a 41-yarder that would have won the game in overtime for the C- uh, against the Seahawks. He did come back and redeemed himself with a 48-yarder later on to give the Cardinals the win, but you need to be able to make these kicks, especially here late in the season. Well, and if you're going to be in a lot of close games, I mean, you're going to have to make these kicks, and I'm sure he feels awful, but I mean, uh, you know, with the COVID situation, I, I don't know what, you know, people say go out and get a new kicker. I mean, it's not like you call 1-800 for a kicker. And they do have Mike Nugent on the practice squad, but the organization has been consistent that he's the guy. And we know how much Jeff Rogers has that, that much influence. And, you know, but if you're going to be in close games, you're going to have to make these kicks. And we know that the Cardinals, you know, whether they're coming from behind the fourth quarter and they need a touchdown or a field goal to put in overtime, I mean, you just can't give games away in the National Football League. It's too hard to win uh, week in and week out, especially on the road. So um, as a special teams unit, they didn't play well. But obviously, you know, that's a concern. Now, when he goes out there between a 40 and 49, how confident – um, I'm sure the fans aren't confident, but how confident is he? And, and really, I think it comes down to confidence. Well, let's ask a player in the National Football League who used to play in the National Football League. B-Train, how confident are you if you're on that sideline and you see Zane Gonzalez come out to attempt a game-tying or game-winning field goal? Going forward, I, I'm not sure if you're going to have the utmost confidence in him. I mean, you still feel confident. He's still your teammate, so you have to in, inject that that belief in him because he is your teammate and, and you expect him to go out and do his job. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think it wasn't just Zane Gonzalez. It was, it was the whole special teams unit that really failed the Cardinals on Sunday. And, and uh, yeah, you can put a lot of emphasis on him because it was a kick and it, and it was uh, for points. And you, you think about the difference in the game. It was a field goal, but I, I just feel like from a, a special team standpoint, Anybody that was on the field for the Cardinals that was on special teams, they did not bring their A game this past Sunday, and I think ultimately that's what led to the loss. It was a group effort. Uh, you have to be able to to win that battle because it is a, a major part of, of a team, and, and it, it just wasn't there on Sunday. And, and so, yeah, he, he gets a, a lion's share because his job is to put the ball through the goalpost, but I think collectively the whole special teams – uh, did not deliver uh, on, on this past game. To be fair, Gonzalez did make a 47-yard attempt earlier in the contest. In fact, in the first quarter to extend the Cardinals' lead to 10 nothing. But at the end of the day, it was, what have you done for me lately? And Gonzalez missed. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. He's been good um, a lot of the time. Obviously, there's a couple kicks that we'd like to have back, but I think he's kicked the ball well um, for us over the last two seasons. Um, we got to be able to come up with that. We'll just keep working. 
course, the Cardinals could have done more offensively to either make it a shorter kick or just not have Gonzalez on the field to begin with. All right, now let's go to what we heard as well coming into this segment. Third and 13, Cam Newton runs for the first down and then the penalty on Isaiah Simmons, 15 yards. So now all of a sudden the Patriots move into field goal range from the New England 46 to the Cardinals 39 because of that 15-yard penalty. Bertram Berry, I'm sure you've seen it from a number of different angles. In the moment, it certainly didn't look or sound very good. But what did you see on the Simmons hit on Cam Newton? I saw a quarterback that was trying to gain positive yards for his team to get every single yard that he possibly could. Uh, There was no slide. There was no give up. And there was green grass under his feet when contact was made. And in all of those angles that they showed that play, it was a legitimate hit. I, I, I hated that call when it happened real time, and I hated it even more as we saw the different views uh, for, for, for that particular play. I thought Isaiah Simmons came in. Uh, he didn't uh, lead with his head. He didn't do anything that, that would garner a flag, in my opinion. And I think it was one of those where you've seen Cam Newton over the years uh, take a lot of shots because he's a big man. But I think in this situation, uh, th- those, those cumulative hits that he's taken and, and, and they've been controversial, I think those came back into his favor on that particular play because no way if that's a, a, a running back or anybody else that you are going to make that type of call in that situation. So I think that was Cam Newton getting a lot of um, residual uh, calls you know, because he didn't get them in the past. I think the referees have, have a tough time trying to referee him and, and his ability because do you treat him as a running back? Do you treat him as a quarterback? You just don't know. But either way you slice it, uh, it was a bad call, and it, and it ultimately uh, put the Patriots in, in a great position to win that game. Well, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a he's a runner in that situation. Now, you know this, B-Train, the NFL, they're protecting these quarterbacks. So when you get to that point, I know it's a split-second decision, so I'm not going to, you know, look at Isaiah Simmons and say you got to be smarter than that. But when these, when these quarterbacks, and I'm glad you pointed out, he didn't try to slide. Um, he was trying to run out of bounds, and he admitted on his radio show on Monday on WEEI that he was going to flop either way. So, but I think, you know, he's a runner. But you know they're protecting these quarterbacks. Yeah, you can protect quarterbacks, but when you tuck that ball under your arm and you start running with it, you become a runner. Now yep. all things are, 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 are game. And the fact that he didn't try to avoid the contact, uh, he could have flopped, he could have done whatever he wanted to, but as long as his feet have green grass underneath him, then that is a legal hit. So however they want to slice it, whether he's a quarterback, whether he's a runner, if you are inbounds and you are not sliding, there is no way that you can make that uh, a late hit. And, and I didn't even like the call that they made because th- there wasn't anything specific that he said. He just said personal foul. I mean, give us an explanation as to what you're going to call in that situation and, and, and to leave it as vague as they did. I, I just felt like the referees had every intent on making that call because – it was Cam Newton, and because of the history of him getting hit uh, so many different ways and, and, and being treated as a runner when uh, he, he thinks he should be treated as a quarterback, I just didn't like it no matter how you like it. 
Yeah, it was called unnecessary roughness, but no specifics. Late hit, helmet to helmet, no designation as far as that was concerned. Mike Pereira, former vice president of officiating the NFL and current rules analyst at Fox Sports, agrees with us here on the discussion, tweeting out on Sunday, quote, Newton was inbounds and Simmons did not lead with his helmet. It was more shoulder to shoulder with maybe incidental contact with a helmet, not a foul. End of tweets. Marcus Golden weighed in on that penalty against Simmons. Them type of calls happen, man. He was playing hard. Isaiah Simmons, he, he a young rookie out there playing hard, landing on the line for his team, and you can't really fault him for it, man. It's it, it's going to be close calls like that. And um, I still respect Isaiah just from landing on the line for his team, man. So uh, I respect him for going hard. And, again, this is one of those plays. It's a handful of plays during the course of a ball game that we keep mentioning each and every week that tilts the favor in yours or your opponents and that was one of those plays MJ yes you convert on third and 13 and then you tack on 15 yards and all of a sudden that's what everyone's going to focus on as opposed to plays earlier in the contest Christian Kirk drop Uh, Keyshawn Johnson not being able to get the ball across the goal line Kenyon Drake coming up short on fourth and goal right before the end of the first half all points in the ball game that if those happen maybe we're having a different conversation here today well let's just look at that play itself I mean there was no way he was going to throw the football based on his numbers and he had fumbled early in the season trying to get into the end zone. So from that standpoint, I mean, in Vance was trying to bring pressure, but at that point you know he's going to run the football. So you could have avoided this, but obviously, you know, he was able to get to the sidelines and obviously got hit out of bounds. Yeah, the Cardinals come As up. As he was going out of bounds. Cardinals come up short, 20-17. to 17. The offense held under 300 yards of total offense, and we've talked about it. Kyler Murray, 170 yards passing, no touchdowns, 31 yards rushing, no touchdowns. First time this season Murray has been held without a touchdown pass this season, and third time he didn't run for a touchdown this season. Justin Pugh on what is going on with the offense and where they go from here. We got to do a better job of running the ball effectively on first and second down, putting us in manageable third down situations. And they made the biggest plays, the biggest moments, and we didn't. And we're sitting here at six and five. We got five games in front of us. We got to go out there and we got to win some games. B train, take me inside the locker room here on a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday this week, leading into week 13. You're six and five. And I know sometimes. Fans, media, we hang on to these losses longer than the players do. But you're entering the month of December where it's meaningful football to where you want to be playing games in January past week 17. How do you now kind of regroup and get this train back on track, so to speak? Well, all you have to do is make sure that you take care of your business. As a defense, if you were to tell me that you held the the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots under 100 yards rushing, uh, you got two interceptions off of him, and he was not able to, to run the ball into the end zone, I would say, and you, you held that team to 20 points, you'd be like, yeah, that, that, I'll take that every single day. And, and we, we won that game on the road. We, we did our thing. So the, the first thing you're thinking is, damn, how did we not get that win home? But the fact is you're still above 500. You still have an opportunity to get into the playoff. It's December. Now this is where you really have to lock in, and, and it really becomes concentration as opposed to, just physical will because everybody's sore, everybody's tired at this stage of the season. Now you have to really go lock in and, and the meetings become that much more important. Now you have to, to, to lock into what you do uh, from a film study standpoint, uh, a game plan standpoint, 
that there cannot be any uh, assumptions. You have to make sure that everybody is on the same page because you, you cannot afford to have any mental lapses. At this point, you are what you are. You're not going to change who you are from a fundamental standpoint, from an offense, defense, or even special teams for that matter. You, 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 the other team knows who you are as well, but the, the, the caveat is you know who they are. And so it's just a matter of who gets to execute their game plan the best on game day, and, and that comes down to focus and attention to detail. So you, you, you don't uh, dwell on those games. Of course, you, you're going to be upset, especially on that, that plane ride home. It was a long plane ride home for a lot of different reasons. Uh, five hours for one, and then you, you, you lost the game. But that's all the time that you need to get that out of your system and, and come in uh, Monday with a, with, a, with a great attitude, ready to, to, to get to work on, on the Rams because one thing's for sure, they're not going to feel any sympathy for you because they lost their last game as well, and this is a division opponent. So uh, there's no time to, to lick your wound. you got to be able to, to get that last – uh, game out of your system and, and be ready to focus in on a, a team that's a division rival that that's looking to to position themselves a little bit better to get into the playoffs as well well the good news here is the cardinals last time they lost back-to-back games they had rattled off three straight wins and then won four of five every single time scoring at least 30 points and totaling more than 400 yards of offense so let's hope that is the recipe here in december as well subscribe to arizona cardinals podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast stitcher and soundcloud listen to your favorite shows on the go like cardinals underground the big red rage and of course this show the cardinals red sea report visit azcardinals.com podcast for more information we have hit halftime here on this tuesday edition of the cardinals red sea reports when we come back well the defense one of their better performances of the season Guys stepping up in the absence of some big names. We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals showing blitz. Here they come. Snap to Newton. Gets hit. Ball flutters up into the air. And it's picked off by Golden at the 23-yard line. And he's tackled. There is pressure backside. Cam Newton's arm was hit. The ball popped up into the air. And it's picked off by Golden. Oh, what a great way to start. On the first series, they came after him. A six-man rush. It was Jordan Hicks who knocked the ball into the air. Jordan Hicks splitsed. Marcus Golden came up with the interception, the first of his career, and it helped set up Kenyon Drake. One-yard touchdown run, and just three minutes into the contest, the Cardinals had a 7-0 lead. Of course, we know what happened. They were unable to finish and lose 20-17. to As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry focusing on a defense B-train that uh, I don't know much more they could have done You get two takeaways, three sacks, 36% on third down, and the Patriots held to 179 yards, only 84 yards passing, and yet they walk off the field. It's a team game, yes, but this team lost, although the defense certainly probably had one of its better, if not the best game of the season. Very frustrating when you you go out there and you lay it on the line and, and you do what Coach Joseph asked you to do. Uh, you're able to win third downs. You're able to win the turnover battle. You're able to uh, limit him to to uh, less than 100 yards in the air total, and and uh, what you said 170 yards 
here or there, uh, total yards. I mean, that, that's a dominant performance. And, and uh, when you start thinking about 20 points on the road, that, that's pretty good in today's NFL and in, in 2020. And, and uh, of course, there's always going to be plays where you wish you could have back and, and things that you could have done better. But I don't know if there is much more you really could have asked of this defense. And, and of course, they're going to be perfectionists and they want to have a perfect game and, and nobody's ever played that. So there's always things that you can improve on. But again, if, if you just take that, that stat line and, and just throw it out there on a Saturday night and say that that's what it's going to be, then more times than not, you're, you're going to say, oh, for sure, we're going to win that game. So uh, those guys are, are frustrated. But at the same time, there have been times during the course of the year where the offense had to bail them out because they didn't play well. And as you said, Craig, it's a team sport. Uh, there, you, you can't start pointing fingers. Uh, that's just the way that the game went, and, and they are—they now know that they are capable of doing that. Now it's just a matter of doing it game in and game out. And that was the point Marcus Golden made because he was asked afterwards, B-Train, about that defensive performance, and this was his reaction as far as whether the defense or he were frustrated because they did not get the W despite how well the defense played. It's not frustrating at all. Like I said, I'm a team guy. I'm a team guy. I'm all about the team, man. Some days the offense going to save the day for the defense. And um, you got to keep working no matter what. So I say, like I said, we all going to go watch film, fix it, get it right. And maybe I could have stepped it up and made another play to help the team win. So you can't, you can't point fingers. You just got to keep working hard and see what you got to do yourself to help the team get better. And you look at who was available for the Cardinals defensively, MJ. Josh Morrow had been placed on injured reserve. Jalen Thompson out because of an ankle injury. Deontay Thompson placed on the reserve COVID-19 list earlier in the week. You did welcome back Zach Allen, and you did have D'Amato Petco, who was signed earlier, so he made his Cardinals debut. There were some players elevated from the practice squad, but especially defensive line, Angelo Blackson, Trevon Coley, Petco, Michael Dogby, Stacey McGee. I mean, this is not what Vance Joseph thought of when he walked into 2020 when he had a Corey Peters. He had a Jordan Phillips. He had a Zach Allen. And now all of a sudden it's, well, it is next man up. But that is, a, you know, there's a reason, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, there's a reason they're called starters, and then there's a reason why there's a second unit. Yeah, but looking at the numbers, you got to give them credit. I mean, they did their job up front, and I thought Devondre Campbell – who obviously was, uh, you know, ailing some injuries. He played really well. I like the way he played. Kennard didn't play a whole lot in that game. That's something to look for down the road. But for the most part, I mean, these are not household names. And, you know, unfortunately for Zach Allen, it just seems like he can't stay healthy, and we'll find out more about him. But, you know, they're rotating guys. But I, I do think um, when you look at it from a standpoint, it's more of a team effort where they're not, in, uh, you know, looking at one individual but I do think they miss Corey Peters. You can see teams are starting to run the ball up the middle, and Petko's a guy that's got good size. He's got a lot of experience, so hopefully they can settle down there and stop the run a little bit better. Here's Campbell's stat line. Six tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit. He was certainly everywhere early in that contest. Overall, a great performance by the defense. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I thought DJ had a great plan going in. Um, we knew – that we wanted to try and limit the, the running attack and, you know, make them try to throw it, load the box and show them different fronts. And, and I really thought he, he had a great plan going in and those guys ex- executed at a high level. There's some short fields that they, they had to work from where they scored some points there, but um, was really proud of that group and the effort that they gave. 
Yeah, the Patriots B train had four scoring drives. Their first three all began in Cardinals territory, the 46, the 39, the 31. And, yes, the defense has to stop those drives. And we'll hear Vance Joseph say it later on this week when he addresses the media because that's his motto. No matter what situation we're placed in, it's our job to get the opposing offense off the field. Yet I'll say only allowing two touchdowns and a field goal when you're starting in – plus territory as an offense, and the defense comes up big, uh, that's a win for me. It is a win, but ultimately it's a bottom-line business, Craig, and, and, and there are no moral victories. Yeah, you can say this group played well, and, and they played well in spite of the situation, and I want to give uh, Brenton Butler some, some credit, the D-line, the, the fact that he probably had to introduce himself to a lot of these guys on Monday. You know, they had to wear <laughs> name tags, for goodness sake. I'm sure a lot of those faces were unfamiliar to him, but he got them playing hard. He got them playing well, and and there's something to be said about that. But, uh, again, you you can't uh, go out there and and poke your chest out because ultimately you didn't get it done as a team, and and, and that's really all that matters. So you go back to the drawing board. You try to come up with another game plan that is going to be uh, as successful as you were and and, uh, just hope that it'll be enough in order to to get a win this week. You you can't lament too long on what you did the week before, but uh, those guys keep giving effort. That's winning effort, and and I don't think anybody's going to feel uh, like that group let them down at all, considering all of the injuries and guys that they were counting on to be there that actually weren't. And B-Train's right. If you were told, uh, you know, before the game, these are the stats are going to give up defensively, you think you take the win. But we know it's a, there's three facets of football, offense, defense, and special teams, and giving up those field positions. And Dante uh, McCreef, he was on the practice squad. He was elevated for that game there, and he hasn't returned a kickoff return from 2000 to, I think it was 2017, he said. So, again, offense, defense will say balance. Uh, clearly, you're not going to win games scoring 17 points, but really the special teams and then obviously the missed field goals. So, it's a 60-minute game, and you got to play all three uh, facets of the game. Cardinals defense could be getting healthier as well. Some players on injured reserve close to coming back. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I'm, I'm hopeful Rashard will be back soon. Lucky will, will be back soon. You just want to see progression with some of those young guys. Uh, you like to get Jordan going as the season goes on, and, and he heals up. But I, I was proud of the unit that played. thought Dom came in and gave us a good boost. Um, played hard. We just got to continue to build there with, with some of those young guys when they get back. Yeah, Rashard Lawrence, Lucky Foe, too, and you heard him talk about Jordan Phillips, all players on injured reserve. Lawrence, though, has been designated to return, so he has been on the practice field. It's just a matter of time or if he does come back, and perhaps maybe there was a setback, but we saw Zach Allen designated to return, and he did return this past Sunday. Yeah, and don't forget about the COVID guys. Uh, we'll know more as the week goes on between Larry Fitzgerald, Trent Shurfield, and then Deontay Thompson, so you're adding some depth and then maybe things will settle down on the offense with having fits on the field. Yeah, certainly there's a lot missing, and this is the time of year where every team is suffering through injuries, or in this case, 2020, the reserve COVID-19 list. And like the defense showed on Sunday, other guys have to step up, and those guys defensively did. Now you just hope everyone, offense, defense, and special teams can come through this week when the Cardinals host the Rams. Speaking of which, we'll get into that week 13 contest on the other side it is a rivalry within the division that has been one-sided 
since Sean McVay was named head coach. We'll explain on the other side. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Every Tuesday, 11 to noon, the entire year, not just the regular season, but the entire calendar year, talking all things Arizona Cardinals football. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Saber Pepper, Mitch Wisnowski just inside the left hash to win the game. Pepper snap. Wisnowski has it down. Robbie Gold has it straight ahead. And good! The 49ers have beaten the L.A. Rams again. Twice this year. Twice last year. Sweep them up, baby. Yeah, how about that? Two years in a row, the 49ers have swept the Rams. Greg Poppett, Tim Ryan on the 49ers radio network. 49ers on a Robbie Gould 42-yard field goal as time expired. Beat the Rams 23-20, helping out the Cardinals in the process. Rams just a game up on the Cardinals. Of course, the 49ers creeping up from behind. They're a game back in the NFC West. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Cardinals host the Rams coming up this Sunday. 2.05 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Start of a five-game stretch to close out the season. We all know what's at stake, and that is a spot in the postseason. Here's offensive lineman Justin Pugh. We're going to find out what we're made of. I, I always say adversity and when things don't go your way, you find out the character of the men in the room, and I know the character of the men we have. So I'm excited. Uh, we have to look at it that way, and we have to go out there, and we have to fight, we have to battle. Uh, nothing's easy, nothing's given to you in the NFL, and we got to go out there and we got to earn it. And the Cardinals certainly would love to earn a win over the Rams, B-Train, as I alluded to in the last segment. Sean McVay hired by the Rams to be the head coach in 2017. He is 6-0. and against the Cardinals and folks it is not even close there's been a pair of shutouts and it's been one-sided to say the least and when you have a team that perhaps has your number B trend I know the players and coaches they'll be asked about it this week it's a different head coach it's a different coaching staff it's different players but this is something that the Cardinals need to get over and it should happen why not this Sunday why not this Sunday and I'll just say this whenever a team is, is, is kicking your tail like that that sucks and I know those players take that personally. Uh, you don't get too caught up in, in, in individual matchups and, and things of that nature. But when you see this team, uh, it has to become personal. And the fact that they've had so much success in recent history against you, enough is enough. And I think for the Cardinals, this is the perfect team to come into State Farm Stadium and have to go up against because they're going to be – feeling like they can get off the snide against you because they've had so much success. And I think it's a great time to really uh, put that to bed and, and, and show up in, in this game because uh, seeing these games in, 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 in person, it, it hasn't really been pretty. I mean, the scores have been lopsided, but the games felt worse than the score. So I think the, the, the team has to make sure that they come together and that they realize that, that this team doesn't really respect them because if you've had that kind of success against one team, that's really hard to do in today's NFL. And so uh, there, there should be a, a little bit of, of, of personal pride to uh, go in to practice each and every day, and, and uh, they should the, the practice just to be that much crisper, and, and there should be a lot less uh, joking around because uh, th- this team has had their way with you, and, and nobody wants to feel like that 
that that team that that is on that this homecoming on the opposing team schedule. Well, they had you know four turnovers, three by Goff. So to me, you know Jared Goff, he's if he's got play action and you got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and they got the running game going, then he's effective. But if you could put pressure on Goff. Um, he gets a little skittish in the pocket. I think that's how you're going to have to approach this. Now, not only did he have three of the four turnovers, on the other ten drives they produced one touchdown, two field goals, and seven punts. So uh, maybe they're not the Rams with Todd Gurley and everything else, but I think they're a complete team, special teams. I think their defense is better with a new coordinator. And, of course, you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and they can create a lot of uh, attention when they're on the field. So, Listen, if you need motivation, you're playing for something. First of all, playoff berth. It's a home game, and it's a division game. So let's tee it up. Yeah, specifically on Donald, though, B-Train, real quick. Make well, I know we all see what he does, but what makes him so dominant to where he's double-teamed and even triple-teamed on any given play? The fact that he does not ever get out of position. He is always balanced in his stance, and you never see him flying and getting tossed out of uh, a particular gap or by a particular player, he's always very level. And, and that's the thing that is so impressive about him. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is definitely a guy that plays with great, great technique, and you never see him out of position. And as long as he does that, uh, in my opinion, he's the best player in the NFL. Well, we will see him and the rest of the Rams coming up on Sunday, 2.05 is the kickoff. Then, of course, we'll talk about it with you here on the Red Sea Reports one week from today. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. And Bertrand Barry, we can't forget about B-Train as well. Always appreciate B-Train joining us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We will talk to you in one week's time and hopefully talking about a win over the Rams and hopefully about a 7-5 and five record here in 2020. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it. He's in, touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.